0: This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs' why, how, and the road to now. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, your host, Mike Fusco. Hello, everyone. We're back on the team business podcast. It's been a little while. Sorry for the break in action. I'm sure as you all know, you know, turn of the year q4 into q1 has been pretty crazy. Uh, It's been a pretty crazy time. And uh, things that I'll talk about on some later episodes that I think could add value to the audience for any small business owner. But I'm really excited to bring back team business in 2022. And with a slightly different format. It's gonna be fun. Going to be a little quicker easier to listen and i'll explain that to you as soon as i introduce my guest so on today's episode which is team business 36 we welcome april enriquez to the show and this is a really important guest to me personally because april and i have worked together for years on my insurance business uh, april supports my business in so many different ways And I'm sure we'll discuss that as we go along, but April's awesome at what she does. She's a great friend, a great guest. And just to explain to you a little bit, she's the founder of WordPop, WordPop public relations, uh, WordPop PR is what I call it. Uh, And WordPop is an award-winning public relations and brand messaging company. So April's the founder and what they do is they kind of help clarify your message. As small business owners or any business owner. So clients can easily discover you, trust you, and choose you. And that's what I use her for. I use April for our insurance agency for our branding to help me come up with campaigns and to really get my company out there so that people can find us. April's a twelve year 12 year veteran of PR and she's story brand certified, which if you guys haven't heard about story branding or know what it is, that's a great way to reach out to April and ask about it. It's some pretty cool stuff. So without further ado, April, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to be here and it's been wonderful working with your agency. I think like we're pushing like a decade. We (laughs) are. You know, which is awesome. So it's fun to um, sit in on on this interview and thank you for having me.
0: It is awesome. And, you know, you've you've meant so much to our agency and, you know, just getting us to where we are and. Uh, for those that you know, follow us along on social media. April has everything to do with that—the way we brand our company, our website, the messaging, and even this new podcast uh, refresh. April helped <laughs> me with. Uh, April's the creative behind everything.
1: Oh so I can't well, take credit for that,
0: even though people are constantly giving me praise. It's not well, me. You're the activator,
1: Mike. You're the activator there's no time wasted we're, you're moving things forward. And so it's just fun to be a part of the ride. So thank
0: you. No, oh, thank you, April. That's awesome. Um, yes. So this is going to be fun because this is new. So what I think we were thinking yeah. in April, you can chime in here cause you helped me with this is that we wanted to make team business easier and quicker to listen to. So, yes. uh, we figured, you know, people that listen to our show don't have lots of time because they're mostly business owners. And we know how business owners get pulled in a million different directions every day. So we figured, you know, on your car ride or to your next meeting or when you're coming into work in the morning or maybe sitting at your desk, you can throw on team business. And I think within 15 or 20 minutes, you can get through an episode and learn and also get to know our our guest because that's what it's all about. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully there'll be some common themes that reveal themselves among guests. And, you know, there usually is. When you get into entrepreneurship, you start finding a lot of things in common from background, childhood, like motivation to be here. So hopefully that will uh, come through for the listeners.
0: Yeah, for sure. So cool. Uh, Let's get started. Great. Are you ready?
1: I think so. You're on the hot seat. (laughs) All (laughs) right. I'll do my best.
0: Okay. Okay what's your favorite time of the day?
1: Early morning. Definitely. Especially if I have it to myself. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sans kids, and husbands, huh?
1: Yeah. Just that time to like stretch or exercise or just, you know, sort of be at peace and think about your day.
0: Or kind of prepare for what's to come for the day ahead. Uh, yes. How do you take your coffee?
1: I always take my coffee black unless I go to my favorite coffee shop, and then sometimes I'll splurge and get something more indulgent. But uh, at home, I just have a black coffee.
0: Nice. Yeah. What's the biggest learning experience you've had as a business owner?
1: It, the biggest learning experience I've had is to just take the time to recalibrate every so often. I think that we start our companies with a clear vision and we're in alignment with what we want to build and we're in alignment with ourselves. And then you can get into this cycle of like grinding it out and and slowly but surely like get away from why you started. Um, and you might get distracted with different things that come up. So I think just recalibrating every few years, you know, there's been times when as a consumer, I walk into an establishment and they might have their vision uh, on the wall or their or their mission statement posted. And it kind of will sound nothing like the brand. Maybe it was written like 20 years ago and it's no longer in alignment. So I think as an entrepreneur, you know, revisiting your, your original intention and and your vision and seeing if it's still true right now and recalibrating if you need to.
0: That's so true. I mean, things change so often.
1: And it's okay, you know, and also saying it's okay. We're a different company now and you know, that's, we, we so just true. need to change path. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a great point. Uh, Thank you. What did you eat for breakfast today?
1: Today I had a smoothie. I had a cold brew smoothie, Ooh. which is like a regular thing in the rotation.
0: <laughs> By the way, sorry I called you Abe. That's just.
1: That's okay. Yeah, that's a long-term nickname from, for a handful of people.
0: <laughs> You're yeah. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's a little known fact about you?
1: Um, I'm trying to think of what I might've put down. Um, I think just that I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, my father was, and I grew up around it as a kid and tried to get involved. And then, uh, when I got my first computer, I started doing some branding and I'd print out business cards and take them to school. And, um, I know it's silly, but (laughs) it seems silly. But I mean, I was like hustling on the playground. (laughs) And uh, in college, I continued on and did like custom um, like beanies and shirts and all sorts of like things out of my dorm room. And I totally branded and had a website and everything.
0: um, Oh, man, that's so cool.
1: Which now entrepreneurship is more accessible and, and starting at a young age. So It's not that unique of a story anymore, but I think, um, back in the nineties and (laughs) it was like, you know, it was, I feel like I was one of the few.
0: (laughs) No, it's true because, and it goes back to what you said before, when we're talking about just the theme of the podcast, like you start to see similarities between entrepreneurs and like, I think back to all my friends that I grew up with that now have their own business and there's always some sort of side hustle they had, you know? Even yeah. if it was like trying to trade baseball cards or, you know, for me, like I started a fantasy league that I thought I could maybe make a little extra money on the side or at least have a free team or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, but it's just funny how like people that have businesses, they've always, it's like, it's ingrained in them. They, they've always thought about ways to make money or, or start a business or uh-huh. do something different, you know?
1: Yeah. And I look back and, you know, I kind of like was into fashion a little bit more in the early entrepreneurial days. But at the end of the day, it was all about self-expression and branding and customization, which has translated into what I do now. So, you know, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, and that goes right into my next question. What's a little known fact about your company, WordPop Public Relations?
1: I think that we've started to do a lot more brand messaging so I started out as a public relations agency, and that was really PR and social were my focus. And they've continued to be core pillars of the business. But in recent years, I've done a lot more brand messaging. So that might be writing your About Us or your website copy or taglines, um, pieces that you can use across all collateral. So it's something I've always loved, and as you mentioned, I became a StoryBrand certified guide, which gave me um, more tools in my toolbox to execute brand messaging. So it's something we really love, and we've been doing more of over the past couple of years, and hope to to grow.
0: That's super cool. Yeah, Thank and you. again, like story you you helped me kind of. I, I learned a lot about story branding from you. I think it's awesome.
1: Thank you. And it's you really know, cool I think advice. it's just. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, I was just saying. Like, I really. I think it's a great way of message, of delivering the message to your audience, you know, or to yeah. your target client.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just um, sort of where we need to go because there was a point where people wanted to get really flowery and creative with messaging, which is okay, but so much so to where you lose the audience, right? It's like, this sounds cool, but I don't really get what you do. Um, and now because, of course, you're competing against so many other messages, it's important to get to the point quickly.
0: Yeah. What's yeah. three things you cannot live without?
1: In this phase of my life, I would say hugs from my family. Um, I have a two-year-old daughter and husband. Um, gosh. My planner. Yeah. <laughs> I started using the Full Focus Planner actually this year, and it's a really great planner. I like it. Um, gosh, one more thing. I like to have something beautiful around me. So I have gorgeous white tulips on my desk right now, and they just set the tone for my day. I'm, I'm an aesthetics person, so I think when I just have that little bit of something um, – it just makes me more creative and inspired in my work.
0: Cool. And if you could own a home in any city, mm-hmm. where would it be?
1: I love federal architecture. Like Georgetown is, you know, one of the quintessential places with the federal architecture, um, or a brownstone in New York City or a flat in London. I love the. Yep. The vertical orientation and then anything with a lot of greenery in the window, which you can make happen in sort of any living environment for the most part. So, yeah, someday (laughs) I live in like a ranch style home in the suburbs. So it's not it's not exactly. But even behind me, I have like a uh, a (laughs)
0: pretty cool picture in the background. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So someday.
0: Nice. And um, okay. so this is a good one. That I think even I kind of took me a little while to understand, but through working with your company, what's the biggest misconception about your industry? And I think like PR in general, like, cause you hear PR yeah. and you think it's really specific, but I've learned that it's not like you could be super broad in your offering of PR.
1: Yeah. PR means so many things. Um, at the end of the day, our responsibility is to connect the business with the target audience and. Oftentimes that's through media relations, so if you're trying to reach an audience that reads a certain publication, then we might pitch uh, the media at that publication to get in front of that audience. That's really the primary role, but over the years it's it's changed so much to include different types of media, so you're not just working with the press, but you can be working directly with a consumer. Like you guys, you're really like your own editor in chief of your website, of your blog, of your podcast, if you look at it that way. So it's much broader than just the traditional media context uh, that we work with. And then another big one is just that PR people don't just spin things. You know, I, I've heard yeah. countless times in my career, like, oh, so you just take uh, controversy and you make it sound better. <laughs> right? You like turn bad into good. Um, and reputation management is a part of PR, but really, I mean, um,
0: there's so many other,
1: yeah. And I've been fortunate to work with a lot of really integrity driven brands and, um, spinning isn't something that I even have to, to really do, you know? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good answer. What now in terms of your industry in particular, what do you think is the biggest challenge your industry will face in the coming years?
1: I think working with technology instead of against it. Um there's I'm really excited about AI and machine learning. I have seen some bot like services that will write articles for you and blogs for you and I'm you know we're aware that that's all here and it's going to continue. Um, so I think working with that and not against it, um, there's the human touch is undeniable. Um, so I think there's always going to be space for both, but, um,
0: Yeah, that's so funny you say that because I think that industry, you know, each industry thinks that that's unique to their industry, that they're facing disruption in terms of technology or AI or machines writing articles, And I I hear the same thing in the financial service industry every single day, Mm -hmm. you know, people that own independent agencies or, you know, financial advisory firms or accounting firms. And they're all like, Oh man, you know, technology is going to kill us. You know, they're going to, and it's like, I think it's every industry is facing that. And Mm -hmm. like you say, you know, my take on it is that you can use it to better your comp to provide a better customer experience but people still want to deal with people. People still trust people the most. Mm-hmm. And even if you're using that technology, that same technology that they can use directly,
1: mm-hmm. you know, maybe
0: you can use it in your business to enhance your business, but also continue to work with the same customers that you've had, you know? So I hear it all the time in my business and people freaking out all the time about, Oh man, there's not gonna be any jobs left or right. you know, technology can take over the world, but it's, I mean there's it's not because relationships are number 1. You yeah. Know, the human element is number 1.
1: Yeah, absolutely and I think with storytelling in particular there is an art to pulling out questions uh, or sorry, pulling out stories from people. You know, interviewing yeah. people, there's an art to it and um getting to the root of why they do things and, and pulling out that human experience. And um, I'm not convinced that technology is doing that without uh, the guidance of the human touch still. And I I feel like, um, yeah, that's where we're at
0: right now. (laughs) I've seen like some of the, you said before, like the AR, AI.
1: Generated.
0: Like the articles Mm -hmm. and you can tell they're not, then I, I, I can tell they're not, when I read them, I'm like, oh man, this doesn't seem, it seems like very robotic.
1: Yeah. You know so I mean? think there'll be, um, a lot of efficiencies that that will provide, um, right. to your point, the customer experience will improve and will become more efficient. And, you know, I have a lot to learn about those things too. I'm not an expert in, in those technologies. Um, I'm just sharing what I know, but I think that, um, That working with it and just embracing it is is the only option you have. We're all becoming tech companies.
0: We are. It's 100% true. Yeah. Great answer. Thanks. What is the mark of a good leader?
1: I believe it's helping your team to unveil their innate strengths and plugging those strengths into the company You know, and it took me a while to learn that when I was younger and started out the business, I was more concerned at looking at what I thought I needed and then seeing who could maybe do the job. And especially in recent years, I've learned to actually look at people's true strengths, not just the checklist of qualifications, but really what they excel at and really what um, gives them energy. And I try to ask better questions now in the interview process, too, to, to understand what actually motivates people and then um, give them the opportunity to do those things. So I'm working on it. It's something that took me time to learn as a leader, but um, I'm glad I have that information now.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I feel like that's the type of thing you can never you have to learn through experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you can't like read a book or prepare for that. That just comes with the number, you know, because you've had your company for a long time now. So through the years, you started to realize how how you make that work better, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you have a hidden talent?
1: I don't. I don't know that I have a hidden talent. I so a talent I want to <laughs> a talent I want to have is to make like the best croissant. Like I,
0: you love
1: like croissant. I, like croissants are just on my list of like things to master and I just I want to make a really good croissant. I feel like you growing up out. no I don't but it's it's like this thing that's been nagging at me and it's silly but growing up I had all these great aunts and they all had like a signature dish. They you all had okay. they all had a signature dish like all my okay. great aunts. Right. And they would show up to family gatherings and they all like, you knew like who made the hummingbird cake. You knew who made the rice or whatever. And so I decided that my signature thing needs to be like a really delicious croissant. So it's not a talent yet, but mark my words, like it's time
0: to start I will practicing. be
1: <laughs> making croissants one day.
0: I would think it's hard to make because there's, they're like soft, yeah. but like flake, kind of flaky on the top. I don't know.
1: It is. They are difficult to make. I've done a lot of research. Um, there are just many steps, you know. And the key yeah, ingredient guess, yeah. is like a really quality butter. So I don't right. know. Maybe they one are,
0: day I'll- I, I do. sounds like good. Plus the shape is kind of hard, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the first movie you remember seeing in a theater?
1: I honestly can't remember. Um, But my favorite movies are, like, the original Parent Trap was, like, my go-to as a kid. I wore out the VHS for sure. Um, And then I really loved The Holiday with Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore and Jack Black. Um, But, yeah, I can't remember. Do you remember the first movie you saw? No. Yeah.
0: I don't. I have no idea. I have zero clue.
1: Yeah, I can't
0: recall. It might have been like Back to the Future or something. Okay. And I don't really remember it, but I remember my parents recently telling me that we saw that in the theater. And Mm. I I was young, so it had to be one of the first... I mean, I can't imagine I was... Or maybe like the Muppet movie or something.
1: Oh, maybe. Yeah. I worked in a movie theater. That was my first real job, like, getting a real paycheck was that a one room theater. So, I mean, I... I saw a lot of movies, but I don't
0: remember the first one. (laughs) That's a cool job to have as your first.
1: It was cool. It was all my friends. And, you know, it was a little spooky. It like it was a really old building, like a hundred year old building. So they used to say it was haunted, but who knows?
0: I was thinking about my first job recently. It was at a grocery store and it was making like four bucks an hour. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Four bucks an hour. Crazy. Yeah. So I know per... I've Less than one
1: gallon it. now of
0: gas. Yeah, I know, right? It's like yeah, that's crazy. I know, I know. Gas was probably eighty nine cents a gallon mm-hmm. when I started driving.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: I know you're a sports fan, so I don't have to ask that part. So, who are you rooting for every season? I know this answer, but I'll let you.
1: <laughs> We're rooting for the Lakers in this house. Of Why weren't you? <laughs> My husband roots for SDSU, also.
0: And you don't at all.
1: No, I, I do. I I went to UCSD, and so um, uh, there are less opportunities, I guess, uh, to root yeah. for the Tritons in an athletic capacity. So I will join my SDSU friends. <laughs> yeah. I think the
0: Lakers are gonna. I mean, what they're struggling a well in the season, huh?
1: They are. Yeah, they are. It's been a different energy lately.
0: Yeah. Well they tried to pull the super team thing again and uh
1: Yeah. <laughs> Westbrook didn't really
0: step up, did he?
1: Yeah, we had this uh we went down this road before. <laughs> yes. Carl Malone, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, Malone so. Payton and mm-hmm. who
0: was there? It was Malone Payton or someone, right?
1: Yeah, and then they yeah, had right. like Steve Nash come in, Dwight oh, Howard yeah, and um Yeah, so this is a, a thing that happens every, you know, ten years. Fine. So, yeah, we'll see.
0: During meetings, are you typing or taking notes on paper?
1: During Zoom calls, I'm typing. And then in-person meetings, I'm taking notes on paper.
0: Typing on Notepad?
1: I'm typing on Google Sheets. <laughs> I'm always in Google Sheet? Drive for everything. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool. So yeah. tell. this is kind of off. I'm going off uh, script here. No worries. Give our listeners maybe one or two little efficiency tips Went right, for technology like that you use day to day. Like do you use any like task tracking software? Do you use
1: like a yeah. CRM? Um I think over the years I've migrated to Google Drive for just about everything and that just keeps our team organized because we're In fewer places by being in Google drive because it has so many different apps within. Uh, I think, I think one of the trickiest things with technology right now is, is because is that there are so many options you can have a CRM and a task tracker and the list goes on and on. And I think it can be overwhelming sometimes when, you know, we're trying to operate out of like five to 10 platforms. Yeah. Um, So, but it's tempting though. It's tempting to always explore the new thing. Like I just did a trial with another sort of task tracker. um, And then I asked myself, you know, is this really going to improve our efficiencies? And I decided it wasn't going to, so we're not going to move forward. But yeah, it's kind of like- A lot of it is like, seems
0: better than it's going to be, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And I think just figuring out Again, it goes back to like knowing everyone's strengths and how they work, like who's task oriented, who's big vision oriented, how are we going to support everyone's strengths. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to pick something that works for everyone. But yeah, I don't have any like. And then
0: people don't like change. So like if you change something, sometimes the people on your team will be like, oh, man, why do I have to do this now?
1: Yeah, you definitely feel the um, resistance, like, oh, are you serious? We're doing this again? Yeah, Yeah. and I think also taking the pressure off of ourselves as leaders sometimes and not feeling like we always have to do um, the latest and greatest, like, project management system. Um, It's so true. You know, like, I I feel like we always have to, like, oh, but this one's more advanced. We have to do it. Right. Um, but if no one's going to use it, then.
0: Yeah. The point, right? Then who cares all the, what bells and whistles it has?
1: Yeah. So, I've yeah. even
0: found sometimes simpler better. Totally. Too, much, too many bells and whistles, people get flustered, you know?
1: hmm Yeah. So we operate out of Google Sheets. Um, in terms of social media, we like to use a platform called Sked Social, and that's where we do a lot of Instagram planning. Um, We also like Zoho Social. Um, They're just, to me, they're both intuitive platforms. There are so, so many out there that I've tried over the years, but those are the two that we really like. So Sked and Zoho.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And last question, what are you most grateful for?
1: The way that my daughter is um, experiencing the world. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing my best uh to parent in in this time and while it's not been perfect, I I feel that she feels loved and she's experiencing um what I would have hoped at this point in her life. So that's that's great. Yeah. Thank and by you. the way,
0: it's never perfect, right? <laughs> no, no. Nobody's ever perfect. No. Especially parenting. That's it's hard to get it right every time. Yeah. You just do the best you can. All right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and we got through a whole call without any interruption. So that's,
0: <laughs> I know that's so That's a
1: win right now.
0: <laughs> Big win, but yeah. we're grateful that you joined Ape And uh,
1: thank you so much. I think much. before
0: we leave, tell us a little bit about your target audience. You know, how people can reach you for your services. You know what, maybe what types, if they're someone who's listening in a particular industry mm-hmm. that you serve, Best and that you'd like to uh, offer your services to.
1: Thank you for inviting me to share. Yeah, I work um, with a lot of folks in the home building industry, and I love to work with brands that complement that industry. So brands like yourself, you know, um, touch a lot of people in the construction space and the um, sort of professional services um, space in that market. So. That's how I got my start Um, in PR was working with the builder audience and it's something that I I enjoy doing today and really any established brand that might be at that point of recalibrating, like I was saying earlier, like when's the last time you looked at your, your mission statement that's on your showroom floor or on your website and is it representative of where you're at now? And if not, How can you clearly communicate that to today's consumer? And that's where we can come in.
0: Brilliant point. And that's something that I went through with with April uh, towards the beginning of, wait, was that 2021 or 2020?
1: (laughs) I think it was 21. I think it's- It was 21, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: April helped me totally. Well, not completely pivot, but definitely we refreshed for sure, recalibrated. Figured out where we were because we had changed a lot from the early days. And we needed to update.
1: And I think that's like a testament to you as a visionary and a CEO is that willingness, willingness to continue to provide and listen to the consumer and build messaging that they that will resonate with them. You know, and not just like being staunch and holding on to. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, holding on is not going to get you. As far along as you want.
1: Yeah, I I think. think. Yeah, you have your core values that are always there, and then you have to continue to, you know, I hate to say pivot. (laughs) The word of 2020 was pivot, but um, but yeah. Was it
0: pivot twenty twenty?
1: Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty
0: one remote.
1: (laughs) Probably or or work (laughs) from home maybe, um, but yeah, uh, being adaptable.
0: So you guys heard um, April lots of support from the home building industry. And I know I have a lot of clients that listen to my podcast that are home builders. So don't try to do everything yourselves, and take stuff off your plate. Hire great people around you to help build your brand. And April can do that for you. So thank you all again for listening to team business. This was team business number 36. We hope you like the new format. April, what'd you think? Do you think it would flow pretty good?
1: I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. I hope people like it.
0: <laughs> I think it was cool.
1: Yeah, it was good.
0: And, you know, 30 minutes, and that's kind of what we had hoped for. So that works well. And yes. uh, anything going, uh, anything you'd like to finish with, Abe, or close out with?
1: I'm just grateful to be on. I, I love having these conversations and, you know, getting to know other business owners. So I look forward to tuning in myself. And I wish you the best of luck with this format. I think it's a lot of fun. And yeah, thank, you. thank who's you. next? <laughs> I enjoyed
0: it. Yeah. So guys, if you want, if you'd like to connect with April, you know, feel free to reach out to me. You know how to get me. You can dial direct to my desk, 858-384-1507 or message me through any of our social platforms and I will connect you with April. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of Team Business. Take care.
1: Thank you for your support.